0: This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and we are recording this last podcast of the year for our regular members. We actually weirdly don't have a lot of people on this call, but we're gonna be going into kind of a big topic of how to set up your 2023 to get your best results, right? And um, there's gonna be some some ideas floated out that I think are going to be really important for people because you know let's be real here these last couple weeks can be kind of a doozy and people want to act right out the gate and I think that if we can sort of walk people through whether they should or shouldn't it might be helpful for better results that stick and so of course with me is Carolyn Melee, Carolyn is one of the lead coaches here at Eat to Perform, and she's the one that will be talking through any questions. We also have Becky Vara. Becky is the director of coaching here at Eat to Perform, so she is the one that you want to like all of her posts um in the group and things <laughs> of this nature, so that uh, you get on our good side if you ever want to become an Eat to Perform coach. We have roughly about 70 each forum coaches um, when you factor in kind of the the whole mix. And so um, it is kind of interesting how that uh, I was actually having a discussion with someone about that and how that has all evolved. What's most interesting, and it does kind of um, get into the topic at hand, is can this be done without coaching? And that's something that we tried to do in the first five years of Eat to Perform. We had some, you know, kind of support systems in place, but we certainly, we were in no position to, you know, have anywhere near the level of support that we have right now, right? And so um, that took a while to get to. And then you go, well, why? Do you need one-on-one coaching? Why can't you just do numbers? You know there was there was this um, thing I believe it was on CNN where there's this new AI program, and you can ask the AI program, "Hey, can you create a grocery list?" I, I think if people are honest with themselves, right, and they bought grocery lists before, or they bought you know, email recipes and things of that nature. It it solves a component, but it doesn't solve the biggest component, right? And even the numbers, which I think a lot of places sell as magical, right? Aren't really the magic. It, what's the magic is you go off plan. let's say you go on vacation, And you come back and you're five pounds up. What do you do in that moment? And if you have a coach that can walk you through how to do that, you'll get a better result long-term. Because if you think about the (laughs) result, when I look back at my weight loss, fat loss, whatever you want to call it, um, and when I was failing compared to when I was succeeding, when we look at the succeeding part, it was just a, a not overreacting to moments like I just described, right? Where you gain five pounds and then you stop weighing yourself. Right? As if somehow the ignorance is going to be better than um, understanding how things are going. I apologize if you're listening to the podcast. Um, we had someone join, so I had to mute them real quick. I have not muted all, which I need to do. Um, and so, um, but when I look back at all of the problems I used to have, one, I would take those moments, then I would avoid the scale, and then I would go to the doctor and I would find out I was 20 pounds overweight. Whereas if I just kept weighing myself, Right, I would have been more conscious, and probably would have stayed roughly around that five pounds, or done something about it. Right? These are the kinds of things. um, Becky, you're you're laughing. I don't know if you're laughing at me or something going on in the background. Crystal is being um, funny. (laughs) Okay, so tell Crystal and her baby and all that. She (laughs) laughed. Yeah, but but when I look at, you know. The real service that we provide—it's really an empathetic type of voice that you have in your life that understands. Hey, look, I've been there. I know what it's like to be in that moment. And then when you're in these crossroads, right? Which way do you go, right? And so there's there's kind of this this point of the internet that's screaming. Um, you know, these are your naughty foods and these are the good foods. And then there's some people who are like, no, no, it's nothing about food at all. It's all about sugar. And then the other people are like, it's not even about sugar. It's about not eating for four days. And then it's just more extreme after more extreme after more extreme. I used to say this all the time. And I actually made a post about my grandmother, who I consider to be like a victim of weight watchers, right? And so when I first started, you know, you'll you can even go back and you might even be able to find some stuff where I was pretty pissed off at Weight Watchers and I was gonna give them a good what for. Now, like Weight Watchers seems completely reasonable compared to all the other bullshit on the internet, right? And so I think that, you know, the big advantage that eConform has is we sound like a reasonable voice. And I wish we were everybody's first diet. We're not, right? What we are is everyone's last diet, right? And so that's actually something that I think we all feel proud about, right? We sell a lifetime membership. We have you know, over 10,000 lifetime members. Um, we basically kind of teach people how to fish. Um, but there is an important part and this is the thing that I think you're going to hear a lot from us in 2023 because it's something that I think other programs ignore and it's the role of weight gain. I do want to say that if you're watching this podcast um, or video in some way shape or form um, I don't have light to my right so I I have kind of this weird lit Version of my face, Um, so I apologize about that. I'll try and fix that in upcoming podcasts. But if there's any one thing that I've figured out over the last ten years, it's managing the expectation of weight gain is, I would say, ninety five percent of the game, right? Because one You know, in the article that I wrote today, which was about my grandmother, you know, you look at this picture of three-year-old Paul, you know, and the funny thing about that picture. So you see my grandmother and my grandmother is this strong woman with like, you know, thick legs and, and all the things that the Internet absolutely applauds these days. At that time, you know, she she was not you know, society's dream, right? Um, we, We criticize the internet a lot for all the negative things. But the one thing that the internet has gotten right is that building muscle matters, right? So if building muscle matters, this is the part that the internet just can't, you know, get right we all agree that having more muscle is great because it it allows you to burn more calories at rest and all these things, right? And all these channels are saying, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can eat more. But then when you in practice, try to put that in place, what happens? You gain a pound or two. When you gain a pound or two, how do you react? Do you go to eating salads for a week? Um, What we've said for all 10 years and what we've gotten better and better at over the course of years is just that process of calories. But what I think that, you know, we've maybe done not as good a job at is setting up the expectation of you have to allow yourself weight gain. And so, so there'll be questions that'll come at me and people say, well, yeah, but can you do it and stay weight stable? And of course you can, right? And, and there's many examples of it. There's many examples of people that post in the group and, and they go, I'm eating 2,300 calories and I'm losing weight for the very first time. And that, for that person, that is their truth, right? And it's very different for every single person based on a lot of things. Like, for instance, let me give you the example of the person losing weight. So you've been eating 1,100 calories since you were 15 years old. And now you're 43. And someone has taught you that eating 2,300 calories is okay. And you used to go to the gym and you would work out at 60%. And now you're going to the gym and you're working out at 100% you used to sleep 5 hours a night now you sleep 9 right you used to 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 you know not have great digestion and now you have amazing digestion right so so there's varying degrees to everyone's journey like the one thing that i can tell you for fact is that we don't believe that every single person comes to us under eating, right? That's the big myth with eating the form. The reality is, is whether you're 350 pounds or whether you're 150 pounds or 110, we know how to help the every single version of person because the the general formula is always the same, right? Even though you're customizing it along the way, the general formula is very very similar for someone that's 110. To someone at 350 you know i just got off the phone with someone and they were asking me it was a kind of podcast scenario webinar scenario and they asked me like what was the genesis of eat to perform and i said well basically i was you know i dieted my way from 185 to 255 and then the process that ultimately became eat to perform from 255 to 200 was relatively easy and go, well, why, why was it so easy? Well, I was not active at all, right? I mean, not unless you consider like beer league softball or touch football, where you kind of had some activity, you know, once a week, that was it. That was my whole life. Like I, you know, I just did not have activity as a priority in my life. So when I added that big missing piece, it had an amazing result, right? Like we used to put up this image and actually it was funny because the rock put something up on his social media and sports center. Look, So he's eating the, you know, his famous, you know, big meals, um, once a week. And, uh, someone asked, uh, what would happen if, you know, he didn't work out as much. And he was like, well, I would get fat, you know? And, and, and what he's actually saying is, is when you eat that much and you work out, you get jacked. Now, his version of jacked, you might need $500,000 worth of help to get his version of jacked. But you can get your version of jacked by eating an adequate amount of food, right, for your level of activity, especially when you combine it with smart work. So let's talk about what that smart work might look like for you in 2023. Because I just talked about how you need to be smarter about weight gain and how you have to be okay with you know a certain amount of weight gain. And I don't want to put any parameters on that because a lot of people say, well, okay, how much you know do I have to accept? Well, let's be real. For a lot of you, it's only gonna be three to five right? Because you're not going to allow yourself more than that. And so having those parameters, probably fine. I could see a scenario where someone goes into fat loss one, they come from extreme dieting, they lose eight pounds from changing various habits along the way. And then they need to gain all eight pounds back, right? Now, in that process of gaining eight pounds, there's something that, that, you know, we know that, you know, we, I wouldn't have known 10 years ago, right? Because of insulin sensitivity, being helped in a dieting cycle and things of this nature, and because being smarter about protein and things of this nature, if that person gains eight pounds, we know that a certain amount of that is muscle, right? So like, for instance, if you look at a person that's three to five pounds, but they're been training for a long time and they've been doing kind of the right approach and and all this and that, they're not going to see the same result as the person that's sort of new to doing everything right, right? So like if you've been low-carbing and intermittent fasting and detoxing and all these things, trying to kind of lessen your way to the best version of you, changing to the abundant version of you, is going to have some favorable results because you had kind of this giant hole. It was sort of like what I was mentioning with my exercise, right? I had this giant hole. Once I filled that giant hole, now my body started to get somewhat to normal. Then once I got down to 200, getting to about 180, also not that hard, but a little bit harder. Going from 180 to 150, real hard. Right. And that that gets into the concept of set point weight and, and things of this nature. And when you look at, I mean, I'll just give a quick, you know, you know, one sentence line of set point theory. But basically set point theory looks something like if my weight normally would be somewhere in the range of 200 at the high end and 150 at the low end you're going to have to really work hard to be at that 150, right? Um, to, and and then if you wanted to stay there, of course, you would have to either increase your effort by quite a bit, or you're going to have to under eat quite a bit or do both and live just this miserable life, right? Which was never really um, kind of my end goal. Now, I will say this, sometimes what you're going to see especially if you're new to E-Perform and new to this approach, you're gonna try and see what the optimal version of you looks like. And that is perfectly fine, right? Like, you know, I, there's a lot of things that I would have liked to do differently um, with my journey, right? And one of the things is that I don't think I would have gone to 150, but I, I didn't know that until I actually went to 150, right? I know now that a more optimal version of myself where, you know, I, I think that there's two kind of phases, right? So so you find out that you're in charge, right? You've been intermittent fasting and low-carbbing and weight watchers and all these other things that took the power away from you. Now we give you the power and you're like, okay, I wanna do this with my power, which is amazing. But 10 to 15 years later, you're it it's okay if your your situation evolves, your mindset evolves. I was never one of these people that was going to continue working out at the rate I was working out, right? Like when you go from literally not working out at all um, to working out sometimes three times a day, right? Now that three times a day, I need to qualify that, right? Because A lot of people think, well, he did, you know, one to two hour workouts for three hours a day. No, it wasn't really like that. What what it was like is I would go to CrossFit in the morning, right? I would have buddies that would come over around noon. We would do like GHD sit-ups and like an of squats, right? And then I might go for like a five mile run in the afternoon, right? So it all kind of worked together. And so if you go from like not working out at all to that, yeah, it's gonna change things dramatically. So if you're listening to this and you're a single mom, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you know, I'm not sure that it's reality for you. Like in my situation, I was between businesses. And so you know how like when you think to yourself, man, if I just had the time, I would apply myself and I would lose weight, and I would get in the best shape of my life. And then what happens is you get the time and you don't do it. I did it, right? And I was really happy that I did it. and I was also really happy that I moved on. And when I moved on, that's the part that's easy to perform, right? And so when you see the pictures of me, right, that, you know, where I've got the abs and and a muscle guy on the beach and, and things of this nature. There's one, there's one picture. I mean, look, I was an out of shape guy that had no muscle at all. You know, I mean, I was looking at myself in the mirror the other night and it just, it feels like I wear a muscle suit, honestly. Now you can look at me right now or you can see a picture of me and you go, I don't get it. You know, like, I don't think this guy's Adonis or anything like that. And you know, I don't know, like, I'm absolutely certain that there's a lot more people that are more in shape than I am, but I'm not trying to be someone else's version of me. I'm trying to be my version of me. And I think that when you get to 50 years old, my wife has this saying, you know, you're 54 years old for Christ's sake, right? And I think that most of the people that join eat to perform are just like, I'm 53 years old for Christ's sake. Am I going to eat 1100 calories for the rest of my life and just die on this fucking treadmill, right? And so that's the appeal. That's why people kind of like it. And so now if if we take that and we go, okay, I'm gonna take a little bit more of a patient approach, then what that means is, is that on January 9th, when the challenge starts, you might wanna look at PR. You might wanna say, you know what? I'm not going to necessarily just jump into a fat loss because everybody I know is. Now, there's an argument for it, okay? So if you've been in performance for the last six to nine months and things of this nature and you are prepping towards fat loss, no one's gonna put any judgment on you for doing that, right? You. Go ahead, you and your four friends, you go ahead and you lose your 10 to 15 pounds. That's awesome. No one's going to talk you out of that. But what I would want to talk people out of is they did fat loss one, right? They went through November and December. They're starting to feel a little uncomfortable. They listened to one of the last podcasts and they were going to do another fat loss February 1 or March 1 but now they're starting to feel a little uncomfortable because they were going to allow for three to five, but now it's five to seven. And so now they want to do something about it. This is the reason for this podcast. Don't do anything. Stick to the original plan, right? Because just because you're five to seven, we're really always talking about some level of hydration. Right. This is what the internet uses against you, especially women. They prey upon you on this one statement, right? That you are bloated or you have too much inflammation. Right. And then people are like, oh my God, I totally do have too much inflammation. And of course you do. Right. Because, you know, if you're drinking more than you normally would, or if you're having holiday cookies than you normally wouldn't, it's not going to be fat storage, right? It's mostly going to be water sitting on sa- outside of the cell, right? And so what happens with a normal eat to perform plan, even when you are in a performance phase, is you're going to be eating regular, mostly whole foods, and you're going to have a lot of days that allow for that water to process. But now all of a sudden, you know, you're spinning the drain hole if you're you know, Jewish, you are, you know, going to all manner of of, uh, holiday parties. If you're Christian, you know, if you're celebrating Kwanzaa, there's going to be all these different things available. That's not like any other time of the year, right? And so there's no reason why you can't allow for January to get back to the three to five level. The problem is, is people don't want to get to the three to five level, right? They want to go back to eating relatively normal at 23 to 2,500 calories, and they want all of the weight to go away. Even if you stay at five to seven, right? Throughout that January, maybe even February, it's going to allow you to lose more weight. So instead of losing eight to 10 pounds, you have the potential to lose 10 to 15. Go, well, why? What's the difference? Wouldn't I rather lose eight to 10 pounds and not have to, to gain weight. The difference is if you do one the right way. So remember in the scenario that we're talking about, someone did fat loss one in October, they already lost you know, 10 to 15 pounds, let's say, right? Now they've gained five to seven back, right? So let's just put the number at 12. So they've really only lost five. And they're like, well, why did I even do fat loss one? Here's why. Right. So now all of a sudden you have you allow yourself to be a little bit more comfortable. You allow yourself to push things into February into March. And then you lose 15 pounds. Now, what you did was lost 22 pounds. Right. And so, if you lost 22 pounds, or my my math is might be wrong there, um, but it's 20 to 22. Right. What's the difference between 20 and 22 and 10 pounds? It's the difference between not having to diet for a year. Right? It's, it's it's to not be in these constant diet cycles. And so that the two things that I want everybody to take away, from, you know, for 2023, is we have to become a little bit more comfortable with weight gain, especially when our life does not set up for extreme effort, right? And then the other part that we have to understand in 2023, is that we're trying to Have fat loss one, enough of a reset, so your metabolism comes as close to back to normal as it can, so that you lose the most weight in fat loss two. The problem with jumping right into another fat loss cycle, it's just not set up to do that, right? It's really just set up like the way that we used to do it, someone would lose 10 to 15 pounds, and then typically they would lose six to seven pounds in fat loss two right? Now, if they could keep everything real tight, it could be 20 pounds. That's not typically what happened, right? What typically happened is people would net about 15 and they were like, oh, shoot, I was kind of hoping to lose 20. You would have lost 20 if you allowed yourself a little bit more freedom in the middle to actually get to where you wanted to go, right? So that's kind of the basic idea for that. And so I think if we can get to the point where we're, you know it's it look if if you've gone through a long PR cycle and you were trying to set up all these things that are positive, that that's awesome. I'm glad for you, and I really want you to do it, right? because you've you've worked these plans and you're doing it the best way you can. But you can still take the advice that I have. and then hopefully, if you're doing it with friends, you can do it to the point where, all of you are doing it similarly, where, you know, you go from January 1st, you do a six to probably a six week cycle, right? Um, we talked a little bit about that in the last podcast. If you didn't hear it, you know, I gave a lot of the conditions on what's the difference between six and eight. Eight is really sort of res- reserved for if someone's really crushing it in fat loss one, Um and also for fat loss too, right? In fat loss two, the goal of fat loss two is so that you don't have to diet for another year, right? Or two years, or as long as possible, right? So that, that you actually see the results in the mirror. Then we move back to that place because this is the most underrated part of the to perform that I think sort of gets lost in the process. And and I, I get it, right? You're holding on to a little bit more water so you don't necessarily see the results the way that you did when you were dehydrated in a fat loss cycle. Totally get that, right? But you can't build muscle just being in a calorie surplus for three months. Not in any significant way, right? And so a lot of the times you're going to have to build that muscle. But I think that, you know, when we start to get more into uh, pictures and potentially body fat and potentially all these other things that could start to kind of reframe the picture, I think what many of you are going to see is that the look is different, right? Like if you look at pictures of me 15 years ago at a weight that I am today, you would go, wow, He's not even the same human being, right like i had I had to have five suits tailored because my lat screwed big, like I didn't have a back fifteen years ago, and I have a back now, right, and so like, my wife was saying, "You know, and she was like, you know, I just want to make sure that you're you know understand the message and that that you know." I'm not offending you in any way, but she's like, you're just more of a man than you ever were, you know? And I was like, why the hell would that offend me? I was like, that's the best compliment any man can get, you know? Cause obviously, you know, there was a lot of hard work that was, that made that happen. Right. And so I think, you know, her complimenting that you could see my hard work was was really good, but but I'm not ripped. I'm not shredded, you know. And I I think I think there is this distraction, right? Like in the in the conversation, and hopefully all of you are able to go back and read the story about my grandmother because I think it it really put pers- into perspective what my journey is like, right? Because you know my grandmother was not dieting to get abs. Right. She was just, she kept banging her head against the same wall. And I think ultimately that's why a lot of people are at to Farm and find a home here because they're just tired of banging their head against that wall. Um, they may have had this idea of what it would look like. If they look like this, they would be happy. Right. And then hopefully we're moving you to a place where you can be happy. And then whatever you look like, you know, becomes kind of the best version of you in that moment and then you just improve on that as you go or not right like like I would love to tell you that every second of every single day I'm working on being the best you know visible version of Paul Noble the reality is you know I just got uh so so um there wasn't a lot I could do today exercise wise. So, so I ended up banging out like 25 pull-ups, right? Strict pull-ups. I think too many of us go, okay, well, I, I, I banged out those 25 pull-ups, you know, what's my reward. There's no reward. You're just a better person. You're more healthy. I went to the doctor, blew her away. Right. I mean, every piece of my blood work was good. There was, there was, a few little things. My I, I've talked about it a number of times, so I'll just bring it up. But you know, my blood pressure was a lot better than it was before, still up a little bit, but certainly nothing where we need to act on anything real soon. But I am getting to the point where I am more open to a low dose of, of blood pressure medication. Because frankly, you know, she said something. She's like, if you're at if you're at 130 to 135 right now you know, after breathing for five minutes, let's be real, you're at 150 to 160 occasionally. And so you might wanna think about doing something about it. And so I am getting to the point where I'm moving in that direction, just because, you know, as we age, those things happen. Um, The other thing, and I think there's a lot of women that can relate to this, um, my thyroid actually ticked up a little bit. Why did it tick up? Because it just came from the fat loss cycle, right? And so there's so many of us that are on Synthroid or whatever that aren't, haven't made that connection that, you know, when you go into a fat loss cycle, it's going to affect your thyroid. So it might take my thyroid five to six more months to recover. And hopefully it will certainly not at the point where it needs to be medicated by any stretch of the imagination. But I just thought that that was kind of an interesting point, but you know, cholesterol, um, you know, glucose, all of these things were really super favorable. Why are they super favorable? It's not because of the small amount of food I eat or the fact that I eat mostly whole foods. It's the fact that I do those things while active, right? And so I think as we move into 2023, I'm not trying to like, you know, give people woohoo goals or anything like that, but. There was a there was a, a post the other day where someone was talking about um the you know their um I can't remember specifically what they were talking about but it was a little bit of the process right and I said well hey you're just early in the process and she said well you know I've been doing this for a year and a half and I was like I've been doing it for 15 years and I still feel like I'm early in the process Right. I think we all think that the process is much shorter than it is. And what I can tell you for a fact, and the thing that I just really want everybody to soak in, is that if you can say that the process is the rest of your life, it will free you. It won't hold you back. It will be the thing that allows you to be your fullest, truest self. Right. And, you know, one thing that my grandmother ironically told me you know is that the people that are telling you the truth those are the people that are in your corner the people that are blowing smoke up your ass those are the people usually trying to get 7995 from you right and so i think that we have to realize do we want to be on this treadmill of lies and bullshit for the rest of our life or do we want to go you know what I might not get there in sixty days, but I'm gonna get there eventually. Especially when there is not a specific thing, right? Like I think one of the things that's that is actually another thing. We this has been a tenant of Eat to Perform for all ten years, but man, you know, if there is any one thing that stops people from reaching bigger goals. It's the fact that they keep setting bigger goals, right? They don't set their goals in manageable amounts, right? And so they try to get to the point, like we see people all the time that are like, well, I'm concerned that eating perform might not be right for me because over the last, you know, let's say two years, I've lost 75 pounds what are you going to do? Be trapped by 75 pounds forever and eat 1,100 calories and and do a bunch of cardio and all these things that are actually somewhat harmful for your health long-term? So if you don't know this, you should, right? Is that up until about 70, overconsumption is the problem, right? For the great majority of people, right? Now, we skew a little different We skew a little bit healthier, a little bit more active, things of this nature. So kind of keep that in mind that when you're eating an adequate amount of food and you are active, that is a different thing than eating a lot of food and being sedentary, right? The 255, 200 example, like I said, when when you take that one piece and you get that right, it fixes a lot. But after 70, it comes down to the amount of muscle that you have how dense your bones are and how you know your cardiovascular system is working and things of this nature all those things benefit from more food and more energy right and so i just really feel like um we're hitting our groove you know going into so you know, we haven't talked about it a lot. We talked about it a lot going into the 10th year, but we're going into our 11th year real soon. And um, to me, the graduation of Ethan to you know, you're going to all see this real soon, but, you know, with the app development and, and there's the... There's going to be so many technological advancements within the next 10 years that just happen naturally that aren't specific to just Eaton form, but will probably be integrated. You got to remember, we were the first coaching app within the, uh, within the, the iPhone, right? So we were the first place to have one-on-one coaching where you could talk to your coach in an app. So we're going to be one of the leaders of what's coming next. Like one of the things that we're very interested in is the AI related to calories going up, weight gain expectation and things of this nature. From where we are now to where we're going to be in 10 years, I think it's going to be drastically different. I think that the the messaging, there's a lot of people right now that sound like you to perform right? But they don't have the specifics of eat reform. They say you need to eat more, but then eating more for them means eating 200 calories so that you can have popcorn before bed so that you don't have this truly miserable life. You only have a kind of a miserable life, right? Um, And so I do see the movement towards what we're doing. Right, I think I've mentioned this before, but we we had lengthy discussions with Amazon at one point about their their programs and they just weren't ready. I think programs like that are gonna be ready. I think they're gonna understand that food as an ally, food coming back needs to be part of the equation. There is this age gap that sort of happens that you can sort of get away with everything between 20 and 30, that when you hit that 30 mark, now all of a sudden, you become open to these extremes what i think is going to fill that gap or at least this is my hope is a more readily available approach that does allow for a better approach to what fat loss looks like over time and and i i just need to stress this more than anything before we move to q and a and then get off the podcast but the pr cycles really are about fat loss also it's just it's just muscle replacing fat right and so i think that if we can all kind of keep that in mind then you realize you're working towards bigger goals on both sides of things there was one lady that said something and i I thought it was kind of interesting um, because she said that even form didn't work for her um and that she was struggling and then um, she finally got her hormone tested um, and she found out that she was lacking in in all of these things. And so now she's going down that route. I just wanna say to that person, Eat to Perform worked great for you. If you didn't do Eat to Perform, you would not have known that you needed to get your hormones tested, right? And so, so, and then, oh, by the way, she didn't say, hey, I've now lost 30 pounds. She had literally just found out that she was hormone deficient. Well, guess what, lady? <laughs> You're gonna find out that the hormones also aren't the magic trick, right? And especially one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they start replacing hormones is they don't eat an adequate amount of food and so what ends up happening is they have to get more and more hormones just to stay similar, right? And so when you eat an adequate amount of food and you do that, now you have a chance to start building that muscle, that bone density, all the things that happen when you're hormone deficient, right? And so I think that eating the form weren't great for that lady, right? And And I really hope that many of you that might find yourself in in that situation also understand, you know, like for instance, in her situation, she's thinking I'm not losing weight or I'm gaining weight as a negative, right? When in fact, it's her want to lose weight that's actually causing the harm that caused the hormone deficiency, right? So so, I understand what she's saying, right? She believes that the promise of eating to perform is I eat more and I lose weight. I mean, there's degrees to that. And I get it that people might hold us to that standard. But if you've been dieting for 30 years and you're 55 years old, for Christ's sake, and you gain eight pounds, maybe you needed to gain eight pounds, right? Maybe what you were doing was so drastic for so long that you caused this great harm. And now your body is deficient. And and there's no way to fix it unless you bring in synthetic chemicals along the way. And I don't say that with any judgment. I, as most people know, use testosterone replacement. So, So I came up to the same point, but I didn't come up to the same point just under eating all the time or or going, oh, that didn't work. I did my trial and error using eat to perform and I was still deficient. So then I went to replacement and that's how it works, right? And so I think what's happened is, is we all have this North star of weight loss, right? It's like, well, what's your situation? And so you go, it kind of brings me back to like the beginning of why you need a coach. You need a coach to help you navigate those mental tough periods, right? Because left to your own devices, your North Star is weight loss. You won't get to where you want to go. But if you get help and someone can say, hey, look, here's the approach. Here's what you need to do. Here's why it's important. And that even comes down to, as we get older and, and oh, by the way, you know, um, the, you know, I was having this discussion with my wife and I was like, you know, if you found that you were um, deficient in hormones, would you do hormone replacement? Because well, I was just curious because I, I take it right. Um, and she said, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not really that interested in it. I don't, I don't think it. I think we we all have to get to this point where we just go, I have zero fucks left to give, right? Like, I am just not going to be on this weight loss thought process for the rest of my life. And so, you know, if you're healthy, if you're eating an adequate amount of food, if you get to have a a glass of wine or two on date night, or if you... Get to be involved in the holidays and you gain some weight, and it doesn't become a judgment on yourself. These are all things that are super positive for your life, right? And so hopefully that's what everybody's sort of getting out of each form. And then you know we'll put out more and more information. I think you know a lot of the videos that we're putting out are just allowing people to consume a lot of these answers. But I think what happens is, is a lot of people watch these videos and then they go, "Well, you know, I wish I knew that earlier." it's It's kind of one of these things, like, what's the proverb? like, you know, the answer you know, the answer will show to you when you're ready to hear it, right? Think about how many times you know, uh, gaslighting. Nobody ever heard of gaslighting before like two years ago. Now you can't stop hearing about gaslighting right there's just certain things that once you start hearing about it you start you you start to recognize it's more i think that a lot of people that think that to themselves man if you just had like this treasure trove of you know 2000 articles that i could just go through and i would just understand everything you would read the 2000 articles but you would only hear the 10 to 15 that are relevant to you in your situation right and so, so this gets back to that process of what's the hurry? Why are we in such a hurry to solve a lifelong problem, right? Now, if you have a medical issue or something of this nature, one, don't talk to us. Go talk to your doctor, right? If weight loss is part of that process, let's at least communicate the bigger theory of, hey, look, you know, I am working towards weight loss but I'm not really working just towards weight loss. I'm looking towards fat loss along the way. And there's a process that's gonna happen and I need you to understand that I need to go through this process because if you think I haven't under eaten to try to lose weight, I certainly have, right? And so I think if we can start to have these discussions with our doctors, it could be proactive as we go forward. Okay, so let's get to questions and answers. We haven't had a lot of questions from what I've seen up to this point. Um, I did not do a great job of prompting people. So if people want to jump in and ask a question real quick, we can kind of run through that or we can basically end the podcast. But I think that going into this next year, um, one, I feel like it's a graduation to a different part of the business right so like the first five years of the business was really more information. More getting out kind of what the brand is about and things of this nature, and we would put out books and we would have forums and all these things that that were really helpful to people but when it became obvious that people needed more specifics, that's when we moved to the service, that business is only five years old, right? And so so to me, that's really humbling because now I look at what does the next 10 years look like? And it's really exciting because, you know, I think that um, one, Um, if you're not familiar, like one of the things that, that came out of my discussions with Amazon, Amazon actually does have an app that you can measure your body fat with, right? And basically what it works like is like tailoring, right? So like, for instance, if you have ever done any tailoring through an app online, um, That's very similar to getting your calipers done, right, in a gym. And so that kind of technology is going to make people more aware of the amount of muscle that they're building. Whenever we talk about body fat percentage, everybody tends to focus on the amount of fat that they're losing, but actually the number that's more relevant to almost all of us is the amount of lean mass that you're gaining, right? Because especially if you're doing the cycles the way that you you know should be, you should be gaining muscle in the PR phase where your calories are higher, and you should be losing fat in the stages in the short burst where you know fat loss is the goal. And so, um I think in the next ten years, we're gonna see some movements in that direction, or at least that's my hope. Um, I will say, it's hard to be optimistic when it comes to the internet in that regard, because um, shitty news travels fast. Um, if you would have said to me ten years ago, you know, when I was writing, you know, these these articles uh, about Oprah and Weight Watchers, that was that was the funny part, was that Oprah was one of the targets because she put out such bad information. Um at times that it harmed a lot of people, including me, right? And that Weight Watchers had harmed my grandmother, right? And so, so a lot of my early articles were about Weight Watchers and Oprah. And then five years later, Weight Watchers is bought by Oprah. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then it's sort of all come full circle, where you know, Oprah even moved Weight Watchers. being more of a health and wellness company and it almost bankrupted them right because weight watchers as it turns out has a really good name right because we all go yes i would like to watch my weight right and so they actually had to pivot back to being weight watchers again which is interesting if you didn't know that um but you know even things like noom which I don't really hear about that much. You know, it used to be where was nothing you could hear about. They are also on the verge of bankruptcy. Um, they just, you know, you can sell a lie for a certain amount of time, but once people, you know, all people are gonna do is just buy your lie, try it and see if it works. And then they're gonna go, yeah, the lie didn't work, right? Of course, when you're dealing with large amounts of people, Some people are gonna have success with it. The question is, do they continue to have success with it? That's the thing I'm most proud about with each form is that not only are we transforming the way that people are thinking about weight loss, but that after the after people are doing fine, right? And so that's a real source of pride. So no Q and A today, if anybody has any questions, I mean, it's not hard to reach me, right? Um, Okay, so it looks like we got one question coming in late. I don't know what it's saying though, Catherine. Faith is just saying I'm new to the program and macros in general. I'm just in my third week. I'm very worried about the holidays and going out to eat. I've seen Facebook posts that people plan accordingly, but how do they do that? Do they just eat less on the few days before or just switch days? You can switch days. I, I honestly think that with with what? You know, we got 10 days left. Um, being mindful is helpful. I think the issue that that you probably have right now is that maybe you're trying to lose weight and I would suggest you don't. <laughs> I would suggest you just wait at least 10 days to get to the point where you can be past all of this. That would be the best strategy by far. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that you just go nuts in the next 10 days? No. We're trying to stay relatively weight stable in that process. You talk through your coaches, you do as much of your plan as you can. But if you have a family outing, you know, you can try to estimate. Some people do that. I would not try to do that in your first three weeks of each performance. That is a more advanced thing to do. And oh, by the way, it's not perfect. Anyone doing it will tell you, it's just an estimate to have something, right? Um, What do most people do? I mean, if you want to know the absolute truth is most people are not logging 100% great right now. And that's fine, right? look if there's two ways to kind of manage your weight that are really helpful for most people and i do have a hard stop so i'm gonna gonna answer this question and then i'm gonna be gone um, but once again not hard to find me i'm on the main page every single day answering 500 questions right so um i always am available for that in, in that regard um but uh, most people do stay mindful and then they check the scale each day. The last thing you want to do in the next 10 days is just avoid the scale because it's going to end up real bad, right? But it, for you to realize that your weight's up two to three pounds because you went to a holiday party and things kind of got away from you, you know, it's best for you to know right? So that then you can go, well, I don't want to go to get another holiday party. And then all of a sudden, over the course of two weeks, you're up 10 pounds, right? So staying mindful along the way, being a little cautious, I would even say, you know, like, I kind of talked a little bit about like, letting things get out of hand. And then all of a sudden having salads for five days, mix in some salads, right? Mix in, some some whole foods you know some some of the nutrient density that that you know everybody's talking about forever those can serve you well right now all you're trying to do for the next 10 days is survive right and then we move into now some of it does come down to are you a new year's eve person right but the worst thing that you can do is you can take these 10 days and go okay paul said 10 days I'm fine. I'm going to try to stay relatively weight stable. If I gain three to four pounds, not that big a deal. We'll deal with it afterward. The problem becomes when you take these 10 days and then all of a sudden you don't come back until January 6th, right? That is a no, no, right? You can weigh yourself daily. You can talk to your coach. You can, um, pre-log your food so that your coach sees how things are going for you along the way. And then if you have a holiday party that you weren't able to log, just let them know, right? And then you just log it as yellow, or if you want to try and uh, uh, log it and it goes into the red, just explain to your coach what's happening and why. But I think the worst thing you can do is to try and white knuckle it through, you know, the next 10 days because I don't think you'll you'll have success with that. I will say the, the, the one thing that I will say that will make a big difference is managing your alcohol intake, right? Um, you know, whatever you might normally do, maybe cut that in half or a third, and it will make a big difference. Trust me, right? So it, it's always interesting to me when, you know, we kind of brought, A lot of this discussion about alcohol because it used to be, you know, when we started first looking at food logs, no one logged their alcohol. No one, literally no one, you know. And so, so it, of course, wasn't reasonable that literally no one was drinking. And so, you, we, once we started to have these discussions and then how to measure your alcohol and things of this nature, then we started to realize, wow you know, we got to move in this different direction. So when you go to the main page right now and there's a question about alcohol and you see 500 comments, you start to realize there's a giant hole in a lot of people's game, right? And don't let alcohol be that that hole, just manage it well over the next 10 days and I think you'll be fine, right? But don't put this unrealistic expectation over the next 10 days where you're really, really, you know, trying to um, hold things down, and then all of a sudden, you know, the reins get away from you, and all hell breaks loose. Right? Just be honest. Just be forgiving. Give yourself some grace if you eat some things that you normally wouldn't eat, and then you overconsume them. That's fine. But doing that for two weeks straight or three weeks straight, that's where things go bad for people. So kind of keep that in mind. All right. I appreciate everybody being here and we'll talk to you later. Bye now.